I remember growing up, one of the first parts of scripture I learned was my grandmother would always say that from the rising of the sun to the going down of the same, his name is worthy to be praised. And she would talk about what could happen in the span of daylight and sunset. She said all hell could break loose, but it doesn't change the fact that his name is still worthy. So you may you may be in here and everything is well and it's easy for you to worship him and praise him right now. Or you may be in here. And you're dealing with some challenges. But the fact of the matter remains that his name is still worthy. It's still worthy. It is still worthy. Because, see, I just believe this about God. I believe something about God that I've seen to be true is that when you can worship him, when you feel like you have no reason to. When, when you can still lift up your hands and say, God, I, I don't know how I'm going to get through tomorrow, but you're still good. I, I just believe then he does something super special. He's an awesome God. Man, we're excited. We're excited. Those that are watching by way of live stream, YouTube, our Facebook, our Facebook page, wherever you're watching, um, those that are here, man, we are super duper excited. We're, we're excited because we're going on a journey that a uh, few churches and pastors and leaders have um, dared to go on. Uh, we live in a society where everything about society says that uh, you should punish somebody for what they do. And I remember my grandmother, and you hear me talk a lot about my grandmother, but she was full of wisdom. And she would talk and she would say things like, you can catch more flies with honey than you can vinegar. And so I remember those sayings. And so I just believe that as we go down this journey of restoration, that there'll be more that'll come to God. There'll be more that'll repent to God simply because we've shown them the love of God. Yeah, yeah. And, and instead of condemnation, because the Bible tells us in first uh, in John uh, chapter number three, verse number 17, it goes on and many people don't read it. But it says that those who don't believe in God are already condemned. Well, yeah. they, they don't they don't need any more condemnation, because if you don't love God, you're already in that place where you're wrestling with some stuff. So I just believe 16 says that for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever shall believe in him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. So I believe, and this is just me, but I believe that's a far more effective message than me reminding you of the wrong that you've done. Amen? Let's go to John chapter, uh, Luke chapter number 19. Luke chapter number 19. And I am super excited this morning, y'all. And the reason why I may be super excited is because I've been struggling with some uh, sinus stuff all week long. And I took some prednisone before I came to church. So I might be a little wired up a little bit. But nevertheless... <laughs> I believe that God is going to get the glory. So you see the scripture up here, and I want you to look at the screen real quick. Those that are watching by way of live stream, um, you'll see that I strategically highlighted some words because I believe that these words are going to be effective as we begin to exegete the text and tell you the revelation that God shared with me this week. It reads like this. It says, Jesus entered Jericho. So I say Jericho. Jericho. Say it loud. Jericho. Say it louder. Jericho. All right. And he was passing through, and a man was there by the name of Zacchaeus. He was a chief tax collector, and he was wealthy. Verse 3 says he wanted to see who Jesus was, but being a short man, he could not. Because of the crowd, he ran ahead and climbed the sycamore fig tree to see him since Jesus was coming that way. The next slide, please. There it is. And so Jesus reached the spot. Somebody say the spot. 
all of these words that are highlighted are going to be essential to you understanding how God wants to speak to you today. So therefore, so far, we have three words. We have chief tax collector, we have wealthy, and we have the word spot. He looked up and he said to him, Zacchaeus, come down immediately. I must stay at your house today. So he came down at once and he welcomed him gladly. All the people saw this and began to mutter. He has gone to be a guest of a sinner. But Zacchaeus stood up and he said to the Lord, look, Lord, here I am. Here, here and now I give half of my possessions to the poor. All right, let's keep going. I want you to get this, y'all. This is some good stuff. And if I cheated anybody out of anything, I'll pay them back four times the amount. Jesus said to him, today salvation comes to this house because this man too, and I should have highlighted this part, is a son of Abraham. For the Son of Man came to seek and to save that which was lost. Yeah, yeah. So for a few minutes, if you will allow me to, I want to preach from the subject. The title is going to be um, The People of Jericho versus Zacchaeus. And it's pretty cool today because, is it Magistrate? Just Magistrate, Magistrate Williford is here, and so I have a judge in front of me, so I got to make sure I do this right. <laughs> so the case that, that we see before us is the city of Jericho. That's why I told y'all to shout Jericho loud. Because the people of Jericho, they were shouting loud. I know some of them murmured, but, 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 but they had something that they were casting against Zacchaeus. And this is going to be a heavyweight bout, um, but I want you to get it. I want you to get it. Father, we thank you for this opportunity to dive into your word. We pray, God, that you would cleanse our hearts, you would remove any distractions from our mind, that we may sit here and just bask in your glory. Father, we pray today that there be no hindrance, nothing that can stop us from receiving the fresh manna that you have for us this morning. For we know, God, manna from yesterday we can't bring into today. But, God, we know that you are a promising God. Your promises are yes and amen. So we know that you have a word for us today. Allow me to rightly divide your word of truth and articulate it with clarity and boldness. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So now, so now, in this story... You're going to see what I, Kim, I was meditating on this, and you, you have no idea how, like, you helped me right now just by being there. But this week, I was struggling because I'm usually an um, illustration type of pastor. I'm usually a person who likes to illustrate things so that you can see them because I, see, I believe if you can see them, you can hold on to them a little bit better. But I was wrestling, and I said, man, I, I believe that it's important for us um, to try this case as if we were in a courtroom. And so all week long, I kind of wrestled back and forth, like, let's, let's change it and do some illustration. The guy's like, no, I need, I, I need you to make sure they understand something as far as the courtroom, because in this story, you're going to see the prosecutors, and you're going to see the ultimate defender. And the cool thing about him is this. He gets to play the judge and the jury. So, 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 so if you allow me for a few minutes. There's a, there's a picture of a tree. I want you to see this tree real quick. That tree there is called the Zacchaeus tree and is located in the city of Jericho. There have been tests on this tree done that says that that particular tree there that you see it has the likelihood of being the exact tree that Zacchaeus was in 
um, because they've done tests and it appears to be over 2,000 years old. So I'm, I'm, I'm in the mode of, of prosecutor right now. You can just walk with me for a minute. And so you see this tree and you see how um, the leaves, the, the, the fig sycamore leaves are there. And if, you, if you're not looking specifically, something can be in that tree and it can be hiding right now. Uh, if you don't know what you're looking for, you will miss it. But, but, but in this tree, Pastor Kevin, if you allow me, there was a man who I believe was guilty. And the reason I know he was guilty was because he didn't just push his way through the crowd like the woman with the issue of blood. He, he, he ran and he hid up in a sycamore tree because he understood that if he had any witnesses that saw him, uh, they would bear witness that, yeah, that's the tax collector that cheated me. I believe the uh, prosecutor would lean on the witness stand and he would begin to talk about tax collectors. And he would say, you know, these, these, these tax collectors, nobody really cared for them because many times not only did they collect what they were supposed to collect, but they got greedy and they began to snatch a little bit more. And, and you see the man that's sitting before us, Zacchaeus, he, he's somebody who knew he had did wrong. So therefore, he had to place himself strategically in a place where those who had been robbed, those who had been cheated, those who had stuff stolen, they, they wouldn't be able to point and say, there he is. So he's hiding up in the tree, Tiffany. And he's sitting there. Let's go to the next tree picture. Now... This tree, there's another picture, I don't have it with us, but there's a, a fence that goes around it, and there's some people that are looking, and when you put it in the proper uh, aspect ratio, um, they're outside of the fence, and they're looking, and they're trying to see what's going on. So he was hiding. He was wealthy, so that tells me that how could a tax collector become wealthy unless he's done something to swindle a couple folks? That's why I told you that the, the Zacchaeus, I, I highlighted uh, chief tax collector, and I highlighted wealthy. Because I believe that this right here alone should have been enough to um, make Zacchaeus be found guilty of the charges at hand. But, you know, there's, there, there, there's something about Zacchaeus that kind of uh, caused me to look at this thing and say, well, before I can prosecute him, I... Now I may be starting to defend them. And have you ever seen a prosecutor that end up saying something to help the defense out? I, I was looking at this Annabeth and I was like, yeah, he was guilty. But then I, I misspoke. And I said, hold up, he's guilty, but yet the scripture says he ran to see who Jesus was. So, so, so maybe, so maybe he's not so bad after all. And I started giving uh, help to the defense, and then Jesus began to come. And you remember I had a highlighted word that said there was a spot. There was a spot. You remember the highlighted word. There, there was a spot, and when he got to that spot, uh, something happened. And what happened was he aligned himself to be able to receive from Jesus the only thing that God could give him, and that was the beginning of his restoration. There are many people right now who are like Zacchaeus. They have some guilt. They, they, they have some things that they know they struggle with and things that they want to change. And they're wanting to get where God can see them. But, but, but the people of Jericho are so uh, condemning. It prevents them from being able to come to that spot. 
They, they, they want to get to that spot, but they, they struggle getting to that spot because if they get to that spot, maybe there's somebody who knows their past or very yet their present that instead of giving restoration, they'll be willing to deal out punishment. So I, I, this is extra credit. Don't, don't go to another slide, but I, I want to say this to you. Don't be so righteous that you prevent people from getting to their spot. Don't be so righteous that the person will never have the opportunity or the ability to get to that spot because you're so quick to want to prosecute them and make sure they're punished. You, you come in with the mindset that I, I, I want to punish him and make sure he gets what he deserves. And the most beautiful thing in the world is when even the judge sits behind his desk and he possesses the power to change this person's fate. And he say, listen, I could send you to jail for six years, but, but there's something about your countenance today that, that makes me want to say instead of punishing you, I just believe that you've punished yourself enough that now you want to make it right with God. And so, therefore, I'm going to give you the opportunity. I'm not discounting the fact that you were wrong, but I see something. And and, and what I see is a little different from what I've seen in the case before. I see that even though you were guilty, you were willing to try to get to your spot so Jesus could get to his spot, and then you two could become one, and when y'all became one, you could become more like the Father. So I want to make sure you have the opportunity to get to your spot. Tiffany gave us a testimony last week. Tiffany, you don't have to, you don't have to shout out loud, but I want, you to, I want you to just think back for a minute how many times you tried to get to that spot and other people got in the way. I want you to take a trip, and I want you to think about the moments when you tried to make it right with God, and you put everything in your heart to say, this is the day that I want to be right with him, but other people got in the way because they were more self-righteous. And all they could do was see the wrong that you did instead of the heart that God had began to turn. I began to work on. The Bible says in the book of Jeremiah that there was a potter who was uh, at the play wheel and he was making something, but the pottery was flawed. So he broke it all down and he built it back up again. Can I, can I help you real quick? And this ain't even in the text, but, but, but I want to help you with this real quick. You wasn't always the finished product yourself. Okay, the people on Facebook put a bunch of hearts, but I want to I say this again. You wasn't always the finished product yourself. That, that there was a moment when your pottery, your, your jug was flawed, and Jesus in his grace and his mercy. Uh, Chris was talking. He said, you're my saving grace. He, he said, listen, I got to put some water on this clay and push it back down and, and fix this thing again. Because if I fix it this time, the hole that was there the last time, I can patch it all up and make it good again. Don't become so righteous that you prevent people from getting to their spot. And see, that's what happened. I, I wanted to prosecute them, but then I started to defend them. Because as I stood before the judge, I began to think back to my flaws and shortcomings. I began to think back on the times when punishment was dealt on to me instead of restoration. And I began to think about how different my life could have been if that person would have helped restore me instead of punishing me. And that's what we're talking about with Zacchaeus. So Zacchaeus is up in the tree. He's up in the tree. 
Verse number three says that he wanted to see Jesus. He wanted to see who Jesus was. But being a short man, he couldn't because of the crowd. So I want to ask you a question. Are you a part of the crowd? Don't be so righteous. That's what the crowd said. Listen, Jesus belongs to me. Me and Kevin was talking Wednesday, and I said, you know, one of the things that, that troubles me the most is when I see uh, the church begin to hijack Jesus in the cross. I'm going to break that one down for you. While we believe in the cross, we believe in his sacrifice on the cross, and we know who Jesus is, and the Bible says that by no other name can mankind be saved. But it, 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 it troubles me, Chris Gaddy, that, that we get to a place sometimes where the church hijacks the cross in Jesus and can't give them to nobody else. This Jesus belongs to me. You're a sinner. I got it right with him, so he's my friend. You need to go get yourself together before you can come and get some of this cross that I have. How many of you know that he came to the cross? We were crooked and wrong when we came to the cross. You know, we were a foe when he saved us. You know, we were adversaries of his when he died on a rugged cross. So don't get to a place that you hijack these things and those that are coming seeking for them, they can't get them because of what you've done. So he ran ahead and he climbed the sycamore fig tree and, uh, to see him. And since Jesus was coming that way, listen, this morning, um, there's some of you that your heart is, 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 is stirring right now. There's some, some things that God is speaking to your heart and you, you're in a place where you feel like it's just you and God in this place. And I, I want to tell you that it's kind of like the sycamore tree. Though we're in a physical building, I believe that you strategically placed yourself into the f- sycamore tree and, and Jesus is just passing by. And the same thing that Zacchaeus got that day, you can get in here as well. You know, you, you ever been in church sometimes you feel like the only person that's in the church is just you and God? That, that's when you've gotten to your place and Jesus is coming to his place. And he says, listen, now, if, if you just submit yourself, we can become one and you can become like the father. So that that stirring in your heart, that stirring is Jesus saying, listen, I'm in the vicinity. I'm, I'm, I'm in the vicinity. If you want to make it right, I'm in the vicinity. Let's look at verse number five. Verse five says, and when Jesus reached that spot. You know, I, I, I was like, man, when Jesus reached that spot, the writer was so specific in his writing that he said there's a spot that Jesus was going to get to. And when he got there, the only thing that could happen was for what was ordained for that spot. Listen, that's why you didn't fit in and some, some uh, other churches. You, you, you went in some of those places and you didn't, you couldn't quite get what you were seeking. And, and God is saying, that, that's because I have another spot for you. And, and see, I believe that the spot that we have at Ember is a spot that preaches love. And, and, and love in such a profound way that says, listen, love covers a multitude of sins. When, when you love something, you cherish it a little bit different. You know, I, I, I'm, a, I'm a shoe fanatic and I just ordered, well, my wife watching, never mind. I ordered Kyle some shoes. <laughs> I ordered Kyle some shoes. I ordered Kyle some shoes this week. <laughs> I did order Kyle. I ordered him two pair, matter of fact. But in the garage, because she was fussing about what was going on in the bedroom underneath the bed. I, so I, I gathered up all my shoe boxes. 
and I took him out to the garage. Some of you probably saw it. I think Molly liked the picture on Facebook when I posted it. So in my garage, there's all my shoes. And, and, and Friday night, the Lakers played, and this is just, just ignore this. This is just, you know, whatever. But, 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 but I broke out a pair of LeBrons that I hadn't worn in a while, and my son said, man, I didn't even know you had those. And, and, and what makes that important and special to this moment is this. When you love something, you treat it different. And so all of my LeBrons, they're out there, and they're, they're stacked in their boxes. And tonight, hopefully, I'll pull out a different pair because we lost when I wore those. So I'll put, out a, I'll put on a different pair tonight, and hopefully we'll win. And if we don't win, I got another pair for the next game. But what I'm telling you today, church, is this. Jesus cares about you more than you can think. Whatever, however you thought Jesus cared about you, he cares about you that much more. I know Jesus loves me because he, when I was struggling with drug addiction, he cleansed me. Okay, yeah, that's cool. I, I was homeless, and, 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 and he made a way out of no way. I, I was on the verge of depression and suicide, and, 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 and he looked out for me, and so that's a sign that he loves me. But, but, but listen, he loves you even far greater than that. That's not even the tip of the iceberg. And you say, well, Pastor, what can make you so, uh, so, so, so sure and so certain that Jesus loves me beyond all that I've received from him up until this point? I'll tell you because of what he did to Zacchaeus and what he said to Zacchaeus. Watch this. When Jesus reached the spot, he looked up and he said to him, Zacchaeus. Okay, some of y'all missed that. Some of, some, that, that flew over the head of some of you guys. Here's a sinner who's kind of hanging out, hiding up in a sycamore tree, who's kind of like, well, I, I want to see Jesus, but I ain't sure how he's going to respond to me, so I'm going to just check him out because I want to see who he is. But Jesus said, Zacchaeus. Okay, some of y'all starting to catch on to what I'm saying. I'm talking about somebody who has swindled innocent people out of their hard-earned money. Someone who had swindled so much that he became wealthy, but yet when he reached a certain spot, he looked up and he said, Zacchaeus. Okay, okay. Sound booth. Even though Zacchaeus was, was just wrong, I'm talking to the sound booth. I ain't talking to y'all. Y'all don't want to help me. <laughs> Gerald, he called him Zacchaeus. Called him by name. Even though he was in a tough spot and not, as we would say, in right standing with God. God still loved him so much that his son Jesus called him by his name. He called him Zacchaeus. Zacchaeus didn't introduce himself. Zacchaeus didn't have a tag that says, hello, my name is, and there's a white box, and he wrote Zacchaeus in it. Jesus cared about him so much that he just showed up. And he said, I know where I'm going to be. Now, if you go where you need to be, I'm going to know you when you get there. And so, therefore, I'm going to say, Zacchaeus, come on down. And so, so, so Zacchaeus comes down from the tree. 
It says immediately he come down. And watch this. Not only did he call him by name and tell him to come down, he said, I'm thinking about staying at your house today. He didn't say that. He, he didn't, you mean to tell me he didn't say, Zacchaeus, if you got room, I, I would love to come over to the bed and breakfast. He didn't say that either, Tanya. He didn't say, Zacchaeus, can you, can you go and see if you can make room for me and I'll come in? He didn't say that either, did he? He, he, he said, I must. I must stay at your house because there's something about your heart that I've seen that drawed me to you. That's why, that's why, guys, just, just hear me. Just, just, I told you we're dealing with restoration. We're in another lane that other people are afraid to go in. That's why in the midst of what you were doing wrong, you still heard his voice. Oh, okay, 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 okay. That's why when you were smack dab dead in the middle of it, you still heard a still small voice that said, hey, if you stop for a minute, I'll come and I'll sup with you. You, you, you see, that, that, that's why it's so important. See, we, we've had the benefit and the privilege of reading the Bible in its entirety. So when we read it in its entirety, we know about the letter to the church at Laodicea. Because, see, nothing was strange about this to a believer. See, to a mature believer, nothing was strange about this. But to a self-righteous person, they would find every flaw that you could find. You know, I'm grateful to be a part of a church where we have leaders who are so astute to the word that you have to make sure you study to show thyself approved and rightly dividing the word of truth. And so Barron is our resident Bible scholar. Barron, in the letter to the church at Laodicea, in Revelations chapter number three, verse number 20, he said this. He said, behold, I stand at the door and knock. And if anybody hears my voice, opens up the door, I'll come in, I'll sup with them, and I'll never leave. So by me being a believer, the fact that he hanging out with Zacchaeus, it doesn't rub me the wrong way. I, I'm just reminded of when he hung out with me. I'm just reminded when I opened up the door of my heart and said, listen, God, I, I'm a mess. But, but if you would have me, I want you to come in. He said, whosoever hears my voice and opens up the door, I'll come in and I'll sup with him and I'll never leave. That's why it wasn't strange. And watch this. See, Zacchaeus must have had a revelation because it says he came down at once. And he welcomed him because he knew what he was about to get. Okay, 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 okay. He knew that the fact that Jesus was willing to look beyond his faults and see his needs, he knew what he was about to get. That's why I said he gladly welcomed him. If, if you knew that somebody was getting ready to come and deliver you the thing that you... How many Amazon people we got? I know Jennifer Gammon's watching on YouTube. The, the, these, uh, these Amazon shoppers. As soon as I... Kathy, maybe me and you got a little similarities. As soon as I hit send, uh, add the cart and I pay for it, I'm like just looking for the tracking. 
And I'm going to tell you, the worst thing in the world is when it says that the label has been prepared, but it hadn't moved. <laughs> it's like, hurry up. Because you're excited about what you're going to receive. And you don't want to wait any longer. Because you know the thing that you ordered is going to bring a level of enjoyment, a level of fulfillment, a level of delightment, that once you get it, you're going to be a little bit different. So for me, I've been uh, trying to figure out what I wanted for my birthday because December is going to be a, November. December is going to be a pretty cool month for me. I, my birthday is in November on Thanksgiving. Um, I graduate college in December, um, and then Christmas is in December, and then my wedding anniversary is in December as well. So I just believe that I'm worthy, Pastor Kevin, of receiving a gift, even if it's just one of an espresso machine and not the one that I have on my counter right now. The one I have now, it doesn't grind the bean. It's just, you got to pack it, put it in there and turn it. But I just believe, somehow, I'm going to have the one where I can get those Blue Mountain Jamaican beans that Pat and Chris gave me as a gift and pour in the grinder and it's going to grind it and it's going to make this, this espresso that's going to be my delightment for that afternoon. I just believe it. I just believe it. Chris said all of his promises are yes and amen. <laughs> so, in all seriousness, Zacchaeus came down gladly because he knew what he was about to receive. Jesus wants to give you something. And what he wants to give you, nobody else can give. There's a song that we used to sing at New Life that said, I searched all over and couldn't find nobody. I looked high and I looked low. And I still, Annabeth, couldn't find anybody that could give me what Christ did. That's why Zacchaeus was excited. And he said, listen, I'm so excited that whoever I did wrong to, I want to repay him. I want to pay restitution. See, I told you I've been studying. I want to pay restitution four times more because it's the right thing to do because of what he gave me. The least I can do is make things right. And so he gladly came down, and when he came down and he began to talk about what he would do, what he would pay back, Go back to the other slide for me, if you will, please. The last one. Yeah, that's cool. The last one. He said, today, salvation has come to your house, to this house. Salvation's here. And Kevin, you know, me and you talk a lot, and, you know, I, I told you back when I was in high school, I played basketball, and I was like, you know, school, whatever. And I took this English class, and I just thought that the teacher was going to pass me because I played varsity basketball. And she had other plans. <laughs> so I took it over. <laughs> but I believe it was in the will of God. It made me look at words different, the second go-round. Punctuations and things of that nature, it made me appreciate them. A little more. 
Because, Baron, when we look at this and we just break down this thing, I, want, I told, I, I told the, the guys in prayer this morning, I, this text was so rich, I literally just sat in it all day. And if you know me, you know I usually never preach with paper. I usually study on it, I lock it in, but it was so much, I was like, there's no way in the world I remember all that. But let's break this down. Today, salvation has come to this house. And then there's a comma. Because this man, comma, two, comma, is a son of Abraham. I want you to get all this punctuation. He could have easily, Jesus could have easily said, listen, today salvation comes to your house. But he wanted to make sure it was specific in how he articulated the point. Because of this man. Was this man? This was a man that I started out prosecuting. You mean to tell me salvation came to a man that was guilty? Yeah. It did. You, you talking about the one who got on the witness stand and confessed in a roundabout way to say, listen, if I did anything wrong, I'll pay him back. That ain't what an innocent person says. So he basically confessed to it. Like, listen, now, I ain't going to, you know, we're we going to plead right here. We ain't going to do murder, but now we might be able to deal with manslaughter. Because I can figure out how to get out of that situation and not be as penalized as, as, as I could. But the point is, it says because of this man, because of a guilty man, why, why would salvation come to the house because of a guilty man? Because the guilty man made his heart right. So salvation will come to your house even if you're guilty because you make your heart right. Because listen, even if you don't make your heart right, it still doesn't change the last part. You're still a son of Abraham. There's value in you. Even, even in a backslidden state, there's still value in you. Even at the lowest of the lowest, God still sees value inside of you because you're a son of Abraham. In Genesis, he said, Abraham, I'll make you the father of many nations. I'll make your descendants so, so big that they'll outnumber the stars in the sky. Some of those stars he was talking about were sinners. But if they ever got their heart right, the salvation would come to them. It never changed. So if I could leave you with anything that you could take out of here today, it would be this. If you're in right standing with God, don't be so righteous that when you leave out of here and you see someone who's not, you'd be willing to deal punishment instead of restoration. Because I promise you, they're more inclined to want to be restored than punished. And when you show the love of God, when you could have shown the wrath of God, I believe their hearts will open themselves up a lot bigger to receive what you have for them. I think I got maybe one other point, if I'm not, if I'm not, yeah. It, it said that the sinner still belongs. That was the point that I, I wanted us to make sure, and I think I had it up there, but nevertheless, you got it. Because Jesus said in verse number 10, for the Son of Man came to seek and to save what was lost. 
That's what he came for. He didn't come to create a country club of righteous folk. He came to save the 99, and if there's still one more that's out there, <laughs> he's going to leave the 99 safe, and he's going to go after the one. That's why he came. That's it. He didn't come to say, oh, hey, as many as we can get saved, listen, we're going to close the door once we reach a certain quota. He said, no, no. If you're lost, I want to save you. I want to save you. If you've been struggling, I want to restore you. If, if, if you're struggling, I want to redeem you. Because as the song said, he's our author, our finisher, our redeemer, our hiding place. That's who he is. That's who he is. So this morning, as we're preparing to close this message out, I want to challenge you this week to be sensitive enough to the Spirit that when you see someone and God reveals that they're struggling because they want to be a part, but every encounter with other people made them feel like they couldn't, I want you to meet them at that spot. I want you to meet them at that spot. I posted on Facebook a couple weeks ago a quote that said, while we're waiting on Jesus to come and heal the world, I believe Jesus is waiting on us to become the hands and feet to help him save the world. So let's do it. Let's do it. And if I had to render a verdict in this case, I would say that all the charges that were brought against Zacchaeus have been dismissed. And I believe that Zacchaeus would get excited and start shouting because the odds were stacked against him. But Jesus played his case. He wants to plead yours. He wants to plead yours. I want to pray for those that are watching my way of live stream and those that are here. That, that maybe there's a little bit of Zacchaeus in you. You want to you see Jesus and who he is, but you're afraid of what's going to be said about you. So you hide in the shadows. I want to pray that this message calls you to come down from the tree. I, I want to pray that this message calls you to be glad to come down from the tree because you realize today that Jesus wants to come down. He wants to come to your house, and he wants to stay with you. But the thing is, you have to open the door. You have to open the door. The thing I love about Jesus is this. He's a perfect gentleman. He said, behold, I'll stand at the door and knock. And if you open up the door, then I'll come in. I won't force myself. I won't make you. I just want to make myself available to you. That if you desire me, like Zacchaeus said, he wanted to see who Jesus was. If you want to see what Jesus can do, 
He's making himself available. He's available. Mm. There's a stillness, a sweetness. And there's taps at the door of our heart. Let me come in and clean it up. I'll do it for you. we thank you restore hearts right now God restore relationships right now God you're a redeemer which means you bring things back to the way that you desire for them to be yeah yeah work God Father we thank you thank you. Eternal God, we thank you now that you've spoken to the hearts of your people. You've reminded them that even if they're struggling or if they're not where you desire for them to be, there's still purpose and you want to restore them. You want to redeem them. And ultimately, God, you want us to save them. Save them now, God. For the Bible says that whosoever confess with their mouth and believe in their heart that Jesus Christ died and was raised from the dead, thou shalt be saved. Do what you desire to do, God. Father, allow this week to be such a blessed week that we'll be able to walk out and we'll be repairs of the breach. As you say in your word. We'll repair those situations, restore those situations because of what you've given us by way of being believers. Allow our words to change atmosphere. Allow the love that we show to change lives. Father, do these things for us, not because we desire to be exalted, but that you might be lifted up. For your word says, if you be lifted up, you will draw all men unto you. So, Jesus, we lift you up. Draw now, God. In the priceless, majestic name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, we pray and ask it all. Amen.